Hello, and welcome to the Constructor Cast, your AGC place for all the news, views, and interviews relevant to your construction business. I'm your host, Leah Pilconis. Contractors are used to following complex and ever-changing safety rules to make inherently dangerous work safe. Since the start of the pandemic, the construction industry has demonstrated that it can continue to work while protecting the labor force and local communities from the coronavirus. In today's podcast, we want to highlight some of the more unique and innovative aspects of how firms have adapted their construction operations and established new work routines to mitigate against the spread of the virus so they can continue to work in a safe and essential manner. You're about to hear how some contractors are making use of the latest and greatest technology, but not not all the information we're bringing you today has a digital slant or relies on power or a screen. Ideas are often recognized as innovative for their impact on operations. I think you'll be inspired when you hear about the benefit and reach of some rudimentary systems that have helped to shift behaviors and change practices during the COVID-19 pandemic. Let's get started. It's a pleasure to have with me today three AGC members. Frank Baxter with Skanska USA Building, Mayon Salos, who works for the Boots family of companies, and Felipe Serrano with the Beck Group. I want to give you guys each a chance to say hello before we get started. Frank, let's start with you. How are you doing today? Doing great. Thank you. Uh, I'm Frank Baxter. I'm the Environmental Health and Safety Director for Skanska US, USA Building at the Philadelphia metro area, and uh, I'm glad to be here today. Thanks, Frank. Thanks for being with us. Mayon? My name is Mayon Salos. I work for the Butts family of companies. I'm their safety coordinator. I've been with them for about three years. I've been in the industry for about six, and I work out of the State College area in Pennsylvania. Thanks, Mayon. Felipe? I'm Felipe Serrano, and I work for the Beck Group. I've been with them for about six years and currently in an assistant project manager position um, in our healthcare group. Um, specifically on the job side, working with our teams to execute the work. Thank you all for being here with us. As I mentioned already, we want to highlight innovative approaches that AGC members have been using to keep construction working safely during the pandemic. Let's talk first about what you're each doing to screen workers who are coming onto your projects. How are you guys serving as the first line of defense against COVID-19? And Frank, let's start with you first. Can you talk uh, with us about what you're doing to screen workers who are coming onto your projects? Sure. Um, you know, the daily checks series of questions and temperature check is really probably the most effective way to ensure workers are coming to work healthy or not sick. Also, if you have a physical screener, we also can ensure workers are wearing correct facial coverings and more importantly, wearing them correctly over the nose and mouth. This will help the, uh, set the expectations for the whole project. As the workers are um, properly screened, we can make assumptions that the workers are healthy, that arrive on site. And if we couple that with social distancing and um, following all the proper protocols, we can assume that we're gonna stop occupational spread of COVID. And we, I think so far, luckily, knock on wood, there has been very little 
occupational spread. Most of the spread coming to our job sites are from outside of work, what people are doing on their own time. Um, I want to recount a, 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 something that happened to us very early on with the COVID was we were asking a series of questions, but at that time, we could not get a thermometer. You couldn't even find a thermometer. So we were just using a series of questions. And one day, a worker came up after going through his morning check-through uh, about 10 o'clock and said, hey, I just want to tell you I'm leaving. I'm going home sick. And he said, quote, unquote, I wish I was honest with the questions. Um, once we were able to get a hold of a medical grade thermometer, things changed. Um, that really helped, you know, verify and verify that the questions were being told truthfully and workers weren't going to come all the way to work to be turned away because they have a temperature. So the combination of the questions and temperature screening is probably the most important thing. Like people aren't walking up to the gate and you're sticking a thermometer under their tongue. Like, tell me a little bit about the temperature screening. So we're using, at, at a minimum, we're using a non-contact thermometer. And the key at the very beginning was you could go out to Home Depot and buy one of them, but it wasn't medical grade. And it had a plus or minus five degrees um, to the temperature, and that's a problem. So it needs to be medical grade. And a minimum was using non-contact, and some were using high-tech, where you're actually going in front of a uh, device that actually checks your temperature, and uh, you can move one through there. And that's a link that we could put in the show notes, too, if we wanted to, some of the um, the link to the what you can just walk through and it screens your temperature. And the questionnaire, um, that's something people are completing before they get to the job site. Before they enter the job site. Before they enter the job site. Okay. I'll come back and I, I might have a few more questions, but Mayon, I know you're doing something um, similar, but there are some variations. Can you talk to us a little bit about how you're handling your worker screening? Yeah, so as a construction manager, we're responsible to ensure the virus is not spreading to any of our projects. Uh, by doing so, we have created a health screening questionnaire that has a list of questions corresponding with the CDC. Uh, this questionnaire is posted at our job site entrances via QR codes, and then we created little wallet QR codes uh, so workers can scan in every morning prior to entering the job site. Uh, the response data is logged in real time in an Excel document so that key personnel have access to review each morning as workers enter. Uh, this is an excellent way to check each individual's uh, employee health every morning. Uh, the QR code doesn't have to be changed out every time the CDC releases an update. The program is free for workers to use and takes seconds to answer, so it, it's not resulting in a delay of their morning routines. Uh, some, some programs send out email alerts when a worker answers a question that may be concerning to the project, uh, and others require a person to review that data depending on what program you use. Uh, the process completely eliminated site gatherings, touching common items such as uh, tables, pens, papers, and created a time-efficient process to ensure a healthy, safe, and operational project. Thanks, ma'am. Um, Felipe, how about you? What What else are you doing that is similar or, or different than what Frank and Mayon have just shared? Yeah, no, so we're doing a lot of this, a lot of similar uh, aspects to check folks into the job site. And so we're using a combination of technology 
and the touchless thermometers that Frank also uses. So our process is having the Sitrax uh, module, which is a software hardware that we use on site to badge everybody in with a photo ID. So with that same system, we're actually completing the questionnaire. So folks are asking you know, our questions that all of our job site use. And so it's, um, you know, we're able to get away from the pen and paper, luckily on this particular job. And after they're asked those, they answer those questions, um, we're taking their temperature. Um, and if they are under the temperature requirement, um, then they are issued a wristband for the day with the date, that day's date. Um, and for our particular job site, we utilize an orange wristband. So the hospital knows that they were screened by us that day and they're allowed to enter the job. And so going back to Frank's point about how folks are knowing that that's going to happen, um, it's really mitigated um, all of our projects, um, COVID issues, if you will, and the instances have really come out, come from outside the job site. What's really nice too about the the way that we're utilizing that site tracks module is that if anybody were to answer no on that module, um, we would immediately get a text saying, hey, this individual is answering no to this particular question. We can start investigating. And it, I think it's helping us collect that data, making sure that we're, you know, screening folks properly. And um, at the same time, making sure we're keeping the hospital safe so we're not introducing or impacting their workflow as well. I think you're you have similar systems in place. It sounds like that you've you've really got it working very smoothly and efficiently. So it's not um, holding up the process of people coming onto the site in the morning. It's all pretty much paperless. Interesting how you said that you've got kind of the email text notifications if there is a is a red flag. And Felipe, how yours has that digital badging with the photo component too, and 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 the wristbands. Appreciate you all sh sharing what you're doing there. Kind of moving on um, to another area that sort of follows this once you're screening people and getting on them onto the job site, I wanted to ask you about the construction project management aspect of things during COVID. And certainly the health risks brought by the pandemic make it necessary to social distance. And Frank, you had mentioned that already. Can each of you share how your normal operations have changed and how you're managing trades and their work in the field and talk specifically about the social distancing um, really challenges and, and how you're how you're managing that? Let's start with you, Felipe, because I know you've got um, an interesting process in place that you've been using on the hospital project that you're working on. Yeah. So, you know, after folks are checked in, kind of the process that we described, um, they have to walk through the hospital and up through up to our actual job site where we're actually isolated um, from patient areas, if you will. It's about a 30,000 square foot um, floor finish out that we're doing. And so 30,000 square feet is a lot of space, um, but as you start closing up walls, it becomes more constricted. Our normal operations always include lean planning and lean planning principles to, you know, look at, do our look ahead and plan our work. And we were doing that on this job um, as needed. And so something we adapted though was really introducing the concept of having a visual of where everybody is in a simple way. And so what that means is that typically pull planning involves folks um, looking at a board with Monday through Friday um, during their daily huddle planning their work. And that's great, but it's sometimes hard for folks to get a visual. So we took that same concept and 
basically put everybody's uh, workforce on little magnetic squares that they move around on an overall site plan. So the way it works is the same magnets we were using for our daily huddle and our daily pool planning, we've basically just converted them to little place uh, holders, if you will, of where folks are going to be working and folks can visually see that better. And what's happening and what we've seen is that when folks are saying, hey, I'm going to be moving my crew over here, I'm going to be moving my guys over here, you can start seeing saying, hey, you're going to have, we're going to have three different contractors in this room. That's not, one isn't, it's not practical. And two, it might have issues with social distancing. So let's, let's spread those guys out. Let's not work on top of each other and um, maintain that, that distance. And then we can get there the next day. That's been a really cool aspect we've used um, along with just implementing more remote inspections. So the concept of adapting the drones and adapting 360 cameras, which you know we did a presentation about that earlier this year um, through the AGC, um, I think is just changing the way we are adapting our operations and learning to be more efficient that way. Frank, how about what you have going on at Skanska? Skanska uh, on a lot of our job sites uh, approached it in a three-tier level. Uh, the first is some of the national larger jobs we're using a, 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 a triax trace tag, which is a device that the workers can wear, and it will actually sense when a worker is within six feet of another worker. Uh, at the same time, they'll measure the time that they actually were within that six, six feet window, if you would. If we have any close contacts, according to the CDC's definition of close contact, which is within six feet for 15 minutes or more within a 24-hour period. We also uh, require the each foreman to when they close out, we have a DHA, daily hazard analysis, and they actually have to answer a series of questions. Are they following code of COVID protocols each day and do they have any issues? And, and lastly, we have put in the court of our project management teams to do a daily COVID checklist to make sure that all the things we said we're doing, we're doing, and they're verifying by checklist. So that three-tier approach seems to be helping us out a lot. Thanks, Frank. Mayon, can you share with us what, what you're doing? Yeah, so um, I just want to stress how crucial um, it is to implement social distancing. Um, when one person tests positive on a job site, it can result in entire crews being sent home for quarantine. Uh, and in most cases, there's no workers sitting on the sidelines to replace these crews. So um, we hold at the Butts family of companies, all of our meetings are virtually. Uh, we hold orientations on job sites through a collaboration station that allows contractors to maintain that six foot social distancing and or we encourage our contractors to perform our orientations before they even get to the job sites. Uh, we don't allow personnel in our job trailers anymore. We encourage uh, lunch times and, and breaks to be either staggered or in their vehicles. Uh, we look at the project footprint or layout of the project and determine uh, how to spread workers out throughout that project. So we, we designate how many workers uh, should be working in the rooms based on the size of the room. Uh, for, for workers who need more than one person to complete a task, we encourage them to, to stick to one team uh, and not bounce around to other workers, eliminating any unnecessary close contact. 
And similar to what Frank said, we have a daily COVID checklist that our superintendents complete uh, on their daily reports every day. Great, really good information. And these types of industry efforts have helped the construction industry avoid workplace coronavirus spreads as you all have shared. And I know that you all are closely monitoring and providing guidance on all recommended health and safety job site precautions for construction workers and making sure that proper measures are being used on the job site. There's so much more to say than what I'm giving you time to share. And so I just wanted to take a moment to mention that AGC of America has created a special website uh, workingsafe.agc.org, and we'll put that in, in the show notes. We also have a special uh, coronavirus webpage that we'll put in the show notes as well. But we, on, on the workingsafe.agc.org page, we've highlighted examples of safety plans and special safety stand downs designed to make sure that every employee knows and follows new COVID-19 guidelines. And on that site, there are some pictures that illustrate how contractors across the country are routinely practicing social distancing and doing things like adding more hand sanitizing stations and disinfecting projects more frequently and so many other examples. But because I know that pictures and short safety tips are so helpful, we've also put together um, in English and in Spanish, some uh, safety tips with these pictures, and we're encouraging members to discuss and share them with employees. So we'll provide those links, and um, I think that that will help add to all the really great things that you all are sharing today. I was just going to add that I think that the, uh, the next challenge for all of us are going to be is as winter quickly approaches, uh, the biggest challenge is the trades still have to take a break and lunchtime. And with, you know, historically, they demanded um, shanties and so forth where they can keep warm, change your clothes and so forth. Well, the challenge is going to be is that real estate has to be a lot larger now. So a typical table that can handle six to eight workers sitting to eat lunch is reduced down to three because they have to keep that proper social distance when they're eating and drinking and taking their mask off. So, you know, that's this is where we have to work very closely with the trades to figure out a way to overcome this challenge. Yeah, Frank's right. I mean, we've had, um, you know, in our active hospital, we, we don't have the liberty like on a greenfield job to sometimes have those eating areas. Um, so what we've had a resort to is, you know, folks have to eat in their, in their, eat in their cars, eat in their trucks. Um, and that's not so much new, but I just think that's the reality where it's more commonplace. Um, and I can imagine that's going to just be the norm for the distant future. Yeah, your inner city jobs are the biggest problem where you're you're not necessarily parking right there on site. You may be yeah. taking public transportation. So these are all the things we have to think through. It might be shift um, breaks instead of the typical, hey, everybody's taking break at the same time or lunch at the same time. That's just not going to happen. It may have to be spread out. Thanks for mentioning that. On a certain level, it seems like and, and you all have, have shared that uh, a lot of contractors have adopted new technologies to help cope and manage the safety and risk management challenges that have been introduced by COVID. And 
you've shared and we've talked a little bit about how you're leveraging some new technologies, both to manage workers and tasks and to help you react to issues that are arising from the pandemic. I know that at least the people that I talk to, they people really like to hear how their peers are successfully vetting new technologies. And you always see in the news how construction has been notoriously slow to adopt new technologies and just embrace the digital age. So since we are talking a little bit on this episode about technology, and and of course, you've shared some other great innovative uh, techniques, but I just want to ask you, what are some initial concerns um, that you may have had or, or or different questions that you asked yourself before you invested and trusted in some of these new technologies that you're now using. And let's start with you, Mayon. Yeah, so at first, um, contractors, I'm gonna speak specifically about the health screenings. Um, they were adamant to complete a paper health screening at first, uh, but after showing them how easy and convenient the QR codes are, uh, they actually took a liking to it. Uh, now that doesn't, capture all workers. Uh, some workers still have flip phones or phones that are not smartphones, so we still give them that option to complete a paper version. Um, but when we first started this approach, there were many different uh, phones who have the capabilities to scan a QR code, but in different ways. So the iPhone, for instance, would scan the QR code through the camera app, whereas an Android may require you to download a free scanning app. So uh, we we had to kind of conquer that obstacle as as contractors, you know, have a variety of different kind of phones or ways to scan QR codes. And then the other thing I wanted to mention was virtual meetings were interesting at first, uh, for me at least. Most of the workers, uh, field workers, superintendents, would just call into these meetings and then we started re to request they dial in from their computer iPad so they could actually see what was being shared on the screen. Um, now the next thing that we kind of still struggle with today is is getting these workers to use their cameras so we can see their smiling faces in these meetings but um, ultimately you know we've come a long way since the start in getting field personnel dialed into these virtual meetings. Frank, how about you? What sort of questions did you have to ask yourself and, and run through with the team when you were doing your vetting? Well, probably the first thing is, you know, we saw the value in a QR code to make it digital and keep track of it. But at the same time, you know, pre-COVID, one of the biggest challenges on all construction sites is the use of cell phones by the trades. It's almost rampant, it's a, and it's a problem. So now we're now asking to bring your phone and use your phone. So it's a catch-22, if you would. At the same time, we were going very high-tech with um, daily planning and having each of the subcontractors sign in on an iPad that's shared with everyone. Well, as soon as COVID came, we didn't want everybody to share the same iPad. So we actually went reverse and went either take a picture of your group or go back to paper. It, each and every situation you have to think through and how this is going to affect it. But the, the QR code is a great asset, and we are using it in a lot of our job sites. We're struggling on some of the larger, say, 300, 400 trades at one project to get them through in the morning. The smaller ones of, say, 50 to 100, not a problem at all. I don't know if either of you had uh, an issue with larger projects. Yeah, it's um, definitely larger projects. It's going to be an undertaking, and you're going to invest the resources to make be able to handle that. You know, that's going to be 
more folks. It's either investing in a lot more touchless thermostats and I don't know about y'all, but finding a good one um, and finding the right one on Amazon to order or at the store, uh, it's difficult. Um, and making sure folks know how to convert from Celsius to thermostat properly and having that chart available is, you know, important if you're only able to get a, a Celsius thermometer. But for us, it was, uh, we were luckily already investing in site tracks, if you will, as a manpower and risk management tool. Um, and, and I don't know if we were so much concerned with investing before we trusted it, but more investing it and can we adapt it to include those questions and try to modify it and work for us. And I think that's a challenge for everybody because you, you've already put time and effort in researching something and you really don't want to go out and buy something else to accommodate. So I think the concern always lies is can we adapt what we have right now to make sure it works and be effective? So I think that's what I think a lot of concerns were, were not having to, everyone I'm sure is already trying to cut cost and, you know, making things that we have work and are adaptable is really important. I'll say for some of our larger projects, we found it easiest to um, have a nurse screen employers in in the morning um, and, and for the bigger projects, Frank, it, it takes a lot of uh, nurses to do so when you have 400 people on, the, on those projects. Mm -hmm. And then during that time, we have the nurse actually health screen them in addition to their temperature screen. So the, the nurse will actually ask them a list of questions uh, as they're coming in in the morning. But again, we found problems um, when the temperatures drop Sometimes it can conflict with temperature readings and and the certain thermometers that are used. So we have to be creative on on how we bring people into the projects. That, that's a really good point because uh -huh. you know having a we'll just say a medically trained individual screening, they actually can see that okay, they have the temperature of the day, if you would, because it's chilly out, is say ninety five. Next next worker is ninety five. Next worker is ninety five. The third one or fourth one down the line is 98 or 99. They may have that temperature, pulling them aside and then taking a the time to recheck it. But having a trained individual does help that. Yeah, and that's a, that kind of goes back to that process of Frank was mentioning and Mayone was saying about making sure folks are wearing masks properly. You know, as you go into the colder weather, if folks are coming in with their faces uncovered and their skin is acclimated to the room temperature of the inside of the building, you know, they're going to have to stay there for a while until they cool down and get down to normal because the ambient temperature and everything affects those things. So planning for those colder elements, planning for where you're going to screen folks and how we're checking them in. And in our particular case, working with the hospital, um, that's definitely something that we have to adapt to it along with adapting overall. So thanks for sharing your experiences with that. Looking specifically at just the pandemic overall being a disruptor and you've talked about the way it's changed how you manage your project sites and how you implement your safety programs. You actually have now for many months moved forward with introducing new practices and procedures or different tech tech advancements. Do you think that they're going to remain in place even after the pandemic is long behind us? What I'm curious about is whether you are finding that things that you've changed are actually ultimately simplifying or enhancing workflow or work performance and that the pandemic may 
ultimately change the way you build. So even when we emerge from the crisis, um, these changes may may stay. Felipe, what what do you think from the Beck Group's perspective? Do you think that maybe you will move past the pandemic and find that there are some things that you continue to do differently because um, of some changes that you've put in place now? Well, I, I think everyone will agree that remote meetings and just remote inspections and virtual gatherings are just definitely going to be here to stay. Um, it might not be the first option um, all the time, but it's definitely going to be a realistic option. Um, I think folks are seeing the value in it for a lot of reasons. Um, but culturally and just from a human aspect, I think the work culture of, oh, I'm sick, but I'm still going to come to work to show that I'm committed to the team. Um, I think that's going to change. I think that badge of honor of coming, even though I might not be feeling so good, uh, is going to be frowned upon, um, especially if you could risk somebody else getting sick, most more importantly. And I don't think the team is going to really give folks a hard time um, if that's the case. And I think you're going to see a bit of a shift in, in how you know we, we just treat people whenever they are sick and if they're coming to work and just giving them the time to get healthy. So... I think that's something that'll definitely be uh, be here to say after the, the pandemic. Frank, what are your thoughts? Well, I would definitely agree with the, the badge of honor to come into work sick is gone. And, and that's a, it's going to be a good thing. And again, the, trade, the, the challenge is in a unionized environment, they don't get paid to come to work. And that's, that's, a, that's a big problem. Um, but the use of some technology, uh, one of the things we've been doing is using a 360 camera to do site walks. Maybe if you can't get the architect or the design team there on site, you still have to continue on with the work of actually using technology to document and to show them, hey, this is the status and this is what we were finding. I think that's going to that's going to be a big plus, and I think it's going to be around for a long time. I would just also throw in the opposite. Uh, we were struggling. We have a very large project where we had to stop, which Skansk has been doing for at least 18 to 20 years is stretch and flex. And it's a morning exercise, but more importantly, it's a way to get every one of the trades, everyone working on the job site on the same page, communicating with them. We had to stop that because you can't find the real estate to get them all in an area. I'm hoping, you know, after the pandemic, we definitely go back to that because that's something that's a big plus. Yeah. Can I add something to that, to Frank's point about the 360 cameras? Um, you know, We've been utilizing those as well for documentation, but like you said, just being able to communicate a space through through that medium has been really effective. And I think something else that's going to go, that's going to grow from that is just virtual reality and augmented reality presentations. So in the same way that BIM um, evolved and now it's not out of place to see a remote controller, Xbox or PlayStation remote controller on somebody's desk in the office to manipulate the model. I think we're going to start seeing a VR headset um, in somebody's, you know, office drawer and on their desk. And it's like, oh, yeah, I just sent you a, a file to view the space, you know, check it out. And I think that's just going to be more commonplace and it's not going to be out of the norm. So a lot of the advance, advancements in gaming and those kind of computer elements, they're really going to be uh, seen, I think, in the construction industry sooner than later. Mayon, do you have any final words on this one? Yeah, so I believe um, the future may be more digitalized after the pandemic, although I think the team chemistry and in-person interaction is very important. Um, virtual meetings are now a success and they're easy and convenient. 
Um, I think orientations may be performed prior to arriving to the project across the entire company. Um, and then one thing that I found unique for our superintendents, they actually use uh, the health screening list to track uh, or to help them track some of the manpower for their daily reports and such. So uh, the pandemic has uh, changed the construction industry as a whole. And I think there's great potential to alter some of our old processes and make them time efficient and easier for our future. Well, Mayon and Frank and Felipe, this has been a really interesting conversation. I want to thank you all very much for the insight and information perspectives you all have shared. In wrapping up today's episode, I want to invite my AGC colleague, Sarah Gallegos, who's the director of AGC of America's building division, to tell everybody about our association's Project Innovation and Delivery Forum. And I know you all are part of that forum and I wanna give our listeners um, some information on how they can get involved. Sarah? Sure. sure, thanks Leah. So the idea for today's webinar was generated from dialogue between the Project Innovation and Delivery Forum steering committee members. One of today's presenters, Felipe Serrano, is a member of the steering committee. I to announce that we are in the process of recruiting new folks to the Project Innovation Delivery Forum Steering Committee so that we can continue to provide information and share innovations our members are doing on their job sites and within their firms. The mission of the forum is to align the execution of construction projects with the latest innovations in safety, quality, and productivity, and to educate the industry on best practices in order to deliver quality, projects on time and on budget. The steering committee drives the initiatives of that of this forum, drives the initiatives of the forum that we work on along with deliverables we provide members, such as this podcast recording and other deliverables such as web eds and white papers. So if you're interested in learning more, please reach out to me. Uh, my uh, email will be in the show notes or visit our webpage uh, www.agc.org backslash project delivery and, and I'm happy to provide you more information. Great. Thank you, Sarah. In closing, uh, as you know, COVID-19 cases are spiking throughout the country, it definitely is critical to remind uh, our state and local and federal officials of how the construction industry has worked and continues to work in a safe and essential manner. So I want to thank uh, Felipe and Frank and Mayon again for um, helping to uh, keep their workers safe, keep construction going, share sharing the great information that they shared on today's podcast. Thank everybody for listening. This has been AGC's ConstructorCast. Please subscribe to ConstructorCast from your podcast app, or you can stream all available episodes right from your computer at www.agc.org slash ConstructorCast. If you found value in today's episode, please leave us a rating and review because it helps people discover the show. 